0: we are creeping along here into October, and uh, always a good chance to – or a good idea to bring back uh, Michael Bratton from that SEC podcast just to see how some of the predictions are going. Michael, first of all, thank you for being here, and let's start with Georgia. People seem to be wondering what's wrong with the dogs. We're heading to Athens this weekend. Uh, Give us a primer. Does this team look like uh, they're capable of, of, of doing what?
1: Yeah, Georgia's not number one. Where have I heard that before, Paul? I mean, we got some uh, smart people like David Ubbin and finally coming around. But uh, I mean, Georgia is who they are, and uh, I don't think they're the team to beat in the country. I don't even think, Paul, they're the number one team in the country. Now, will they have any problems with the Kentucky? I, I doubt it. But it it's not out of the realm of possibility that Kentucky wins this football game. They they have played better than Georgia this season, so. Uh, yeah, I mean, I mean, the dogs are not number one. They should not be. And I think anyone voting Georgia number one should have their vote taken away.
0: OK, um, some guys coming in here to get me take my vote away. Uh, Michael, uh, tell me about Missouri, because I mean, there are a lot of people who say the right things about Missouri. But as soon as the cameras off, they start frowning and doing a clown face. Uh, what do you make out of Missouri?
1: Yeah, and I don't get it, Paul. I mean, when they sign a five-star or land a five-star commitment, people complain and it's because of NIL and and this and that. I mean, I think what Missouri is doing, let's embrace it. I mean, this we all complain that it's the same three or four teams in the playoff every year and I'm I'm not crazy enough to say Missouri is is playoff bound at this point in time, but hey, they they're one of the few undefeateds left in the SEC, so I'm embracing it. And I think the way LSU's defense is playing, they're they're going to do their part to keep Missouri undefeated for another week. And, and who knows, Paul? I mean, next week they go to Kentucky, and <laughs> you may laugh at this, Paul, but, I mean, heck, that could be like a playoff elimination game. Missouri at Kentucky, who would have thought of that a month ago? I, I'm embracing it. Brady Cook, remember, they were booing him before the Kansas State game. Now they're propping him up for the Heisman, and I'm here for it.
0: Are you still here for LSU? I don't think you are, based on what you just got through saying. But, but the, there was a time when a lot of people thought LSU wasn't only the best team in the SEC, but maybe one of the best teams in the country.
1: Yeah, only a fool would come on a show like this, Paul, and predict LSU would win the national championship. Heck, they they might have three losses uh, before the first week of October is up. And, and I think that's where they're headed. And of course, I'm referencing myself being that fool because I, I think I started that hype train, but it's just been horribly disappointing. I think they're wasting what is probably the best offense and maybe even the entire country, but certainly the SEC right now with Jane Daniels, Malik Neighbors, and Brian Thomas on the outside. They're unstoppable. The problem is... Uh, their defense is, uh, put, you know, a, a mannequin at a store is putting up more of a, a stop than LSU's defense. I, I don't even know. They, I know they brought back Pete Jenkins and all this, but how Matt House, the defensive coordinator, still has a job after what we've seen the first couple weeks of the season, I'll never know. They, they are wasting uh, a golden opportunity with Alabama being down. LSU should be the team to beat in the West, but the defense is, is not making it the case.
0: So where where does the blame lie?
1: Uh, it's. It, I think it's all on the defensive side of the ball, Paul. And, and to an extent, that's Brian Kelly's fault. Where's, you know, he's coming out here saying, well, you know, we're in the middle of a rebuild, and we don't have the pieces, and we don't have experience. Well, they've added about a dozen transfers on that defensive side of the ball this offseason that have a world of experience. And it used to be known as DBU. Now it's DBU because because I don't know who any of these defensive backs are. They can't stop anybody. Uh, they have. The worst defense, I think, in the Power Five, if you look at the uh, efficiency numbers there, and not in the SEC, Paul. I said Power Five. The worst defense in the Power Five is in Baton Rouge, and again, it's, it's a disgrace.
0: Michael Bratton with us. Let's get to Gainesville if we have to. Uh, another, <laughs> another just beat down, the epic uh, defeat. Billy Napier turns a page. Uh, things seem to be all good. What do you make out of the Gators right now?
1: Yeah, I've been on a couple times this season, Paul. We're, we're burying Billy Napier. We're crowning Billy Napier. We're back to burying him because, uh, I mean, I can only imagine what Steve Spurrier's reaction was when uh, Billy Napier said, hey, Kentucky, this is who we want to be. I mean, my God. <laughs> they, they're used to beating Kentucky by 60 points. That's that's what it was when I was growing up. Now they're trying to be Kentucky. That's that's disgraceful. And I, I said it before jokingly, but it's it's the truth, Paul. This weekend is a must win with Vanderbilt coming into town. Billy Napier's not beating Vanderbilt. If they lose to Vanderbilt on Saturday, then they might as well fire him on Sunday cuz I don't think they're going to win another game the rest of the way. The the schedule's brutal and he's one in 7 outside of the Swamp Paul and and all their tough games are away from the Swamp. So I, I don't know how many more they may be lucky to win five games this year in Gainesville.
0: Michael Bryant, let me uh, move ahead uh, a couple other big games to uh the Gator schedule. Uh you buried Nick Saban. You described his program as decaying. Uh, the dynasty's done. And, I, I mean, I don't know where you were the, the last two Saturdays, but from my tired eyes, they Tide looked pretty good.
1: Yeah, they look good against schools from Mississippi, Paul. I mean, what let, what an accomplishment that is for Nick Saban and his roster that, that we were told was the best of all time and this uh, offensive line, you know, Five guys that are seven foot tall, 400 pounds, cannot be moved. Yeah, they did well against Mississippi State. Yeah, they after Lane Kiffin ran his mouth all week long, Lane Whiffin just delivered like he always does and has a, just a drops an egg in a big game. So I'm not impressed, Paul, and I hope you have not trademarked decaying dynasty because i'm in the process of doing that because people are going to jump on board with that come sunday when alabama loses by two touchdowns in college station they'll be eliminated from the playoff i think they'll be eliminated from the west and it'll be the first of many more conference losses that alabama has this season
0: now michael we've done this too many times for me to say stop the tape but i have to ask you to stop the tape for just a second and make sure, you know, I come from a newspaper background. You know, we get your name, you spell it for us, and then we double-check because that's who we used to be. We're not hot-take artists. We're we're serious journalists. So one more time, Mr. Braddon, did you or did you not say Texas A&M is going to win this game Saturday by two touchdowns?
1: Yeah, and the final score may be 14-0, Paul, with this – Tommy Reese offense I mean uh, I don't want to bury Jalen Milrow because he's an incredible athlete he's got a great deep ball but that's about all they've got and I I put that blame on Tommy Reese because Milrow looks like a one read quarterback in this offense and against this defensive front of Texas A&M I think they're going to have a field day Paul so uh, three six seven points may be enough to win this football game for A&M I kid you not Uh, I I, I think first one to ten wins so I I think A&M Heck, they may even win by more than two touchdowns. But yeah, I, I like Texas A and M around twenty four to to ten, maybe twenty four nine, something like that.
0: Hmm. <laughs> I'm trying. I, I'm checking my schedule to see if I've left anyone out. I, I know we haven't talked. You you mentioned Lane Kiffin. Was that his name? <laughs>
1: Lane Whiffin, yeah, that's what we call him. Uh, yeah, uh, what a what a wonderful win there against LSU that's already lost a couple games now this season, but uh, I'm not buying into their hype either. I I get it. They're, their back's against the wall. They had to win that game. They did it, so let's credit them, but where was that against Alabama when you really needed it, when you had a chance to assert yourself? They still go to Georgia. They still got to play A&M. They, they've got some tough games remaining. I, I just don't have confidence in Lane Kiffin, but... I do find him entertaining. So I I hope he can win a couple of these games, keep him off the hot seat uh, because he he makes my job a lot easier.
0: Michael Bratton from that SEC podcast. We'll see you soon, Michael. Book it. Uh, We'll take a break right now. More of your phone calls and your reaction to that right after this.